business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's 8 or 10 minutes past 12. Sorry, the time just changed. And welcome to the Abion Money Show. When people come from all over the world to compete in a sports event in South Africa, that has a major impact on the economy and so many other industries that it impacts. On the line with me is Colleen Osmond, who's the World Master Regatta Event Director at the World Rowing Event in Riddaplat in Pretoria. Colleen, welcome to Chai FM. Hi, Abby. Thanks very much. Great. Colleen, this is a business show. So how we got a sports event on is very simple because sports is big money. It's as simple as that. And um, as I often say, the best chats that we have are the offline chats before we go on on on, on live um, on live radio. But maybe let's go back to the very beginning. What is a master's regatta? When is it happening? Who does it involve? And just give us a bit of an outline about the event. Sure. So this is the World Rowing Masters Regatta. It is World Rowing is the International Federation for Rowing, and this is basically their annual flagship event for masters rowers who are rowers aged anything from 27 to mid 90s. Um, so it's basically there. It's not. It's their non-elite competitions, um, and it's very much about uh, rowing as a sport for life and making sure that people have good opportunities to compete in the sport once they've finished their competitive, their elite career, or if they've even if they've you know joined, they're just purely recreational rowers. So um, it's the biggest world rowing event um, on the calendar in terms of participation, and um, yeah, it's actually just a it's a wonderful celebration of the sport um, of rowing. And it is the first time that it is being hosted in Africa. So we, it's, it's really exciting for us. We've got, we're feeling a little bit of pressure to, to deliver. Um, we want to make it good. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, very exciting. Well, then the pressure is not only to deliver, but to follow on to the other South African sports events that have delivered unbelievable events and really made us proud. But we have no doubt that you'll do that, but you've got, 900 competitors competitors coming in. You've got over 2,000 spectators, and you've got four days of racing. That's a logistical challenge. Tell us about some of the bits and pieces that you've had to do from the very beginning to make sure that this thing, this event, runs smoothly and efficiently. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's quite a quite a puzzle. It's pretty complex. Um, you know, we have aspects relating to the venue itself and getting that ready. So. Um, and we've really done a lot of work at Riddaplot Dam to try and improve the facility. We've had we've had big issues with Hyacinth. As you know, at many of the dams in South Africa, we have Hyacinth coverage. So, you know, with the help of our government projects, uh, government partners, Dinner King Project, Gauteng um, Tourism Authority, we've really um, worked hard. And we've, we're happy to say that from a Hyacinth perspective, um, we're looking good. Uh, the dam is clear. So I think that was probably our biggest headache in the first couple of years of, of working on the, on this event. Um, in terms of participation, we've always known that we're going to have to market this event very hard because 
it's it's out of Europe, it's out of the North America, which are really your primary rowing markets. And so we've done a lot of work um, on social media, marketing, advertising, trying to get to events to promote it. So there was that aspect to try and make sure that we actually get people here. And then there's the the pure hosting of it where we, um, you know, we've tried to put in place facilities on the ground here for our visitors so that they feel welcome, they feel safe. We do have accommodation providers. Um, the one aspect is providing boats. Um, you know, 900 competitors all need a boat to row in. We don't have the hugest rowing population in South Africa. So that was a, a big concern from the start. And um, we've actually ended up with three international boat manufacturers who are actually shipping their boats over to South Africa. And then we also have a pool of local, we have a, a local boat rental supplier who's basically, who's actually pooling boats from many of our rowing clubs. So for them, it's a, it's a great revenue opportunity. You know, this, this event is, is very much about legacy um, for our rowing community, for the community at Rodeplat. Um, there are many aspects on, on that we can perhaps talk about, but this is one for purely for the rowing clubs who get to rent out their boats and, and actually make a bit of money to keep their clubs going. And, you know, a, a, an event like this, I'm sure, really sort of genders a whole sense of new commitment because, you know, committed people come to see the world's best. The young people come to see the excitement. And all of a sudden, you've got a whole new um, connection and a whole new energy going through it. When it comes to um, sponsorship and support, um, I see you do have sponsorship and you do have support. Was it very difficult to get in South Africa because it's not a rugby or a soccer or a cricket event? Look, it's been challenging to, to get sponsorship and I'm not sure. I mean, yes, rowing is, it's not one of your big, big sports. And obviously then the, the visibility that we have is lower, but I think generally the economic environment has been difficult and we've definitely felt that, you know, we started working on this event shortly before COVID arrived oh, and wow. we, we found you know that was really difficult through the COVID years because I guess there was so much uncertainty and people weren't really sure what they'd be doing and what they could do um we've we've had really good support from the government um particularly from Gauteng provincial government and that has really kept us going and since then um R&B Baldwin have come on board Primarily at the, at the infrastructure level, they have put massive amounts and better as well into the, into the facility. So I mean, for, for us, that's been, um, that's been critical because those were big costs and, and as, as I mentioned, important for the legacy. Um, and so it's also freed up. We've been able then to, to manage more our sort of cash flow in terms of the operation of the event. Um, but yeah, it's, it hasn't been easy, but I have to say um, the partners that we have had on, got on board have been wonderful. Fantastic. Colleen, we need to stop uh, in a few minutes for, for an ad break, but I just want to ask you um, one or two questions have come through about the water quality. Um, mm-hmm. People are asking about the water quality doesn't match international standards. How do you know that the water quality today and the water quality at the time of the event will be the same when the rains come, et cetera, et cetera? Talk us through that challenge. Hmm. No, it has definitely been a challenge. Um, we, Rotoplot Dam is sitting right next to a wastewater treatment plant. Um, we know that there are challenges there in terms of infrastructure, um, maintenance. So um, we have had a couple of, of incidents. Um, we are currently working very closely with City of Tuani 
and we're also working with Blue Planet. Um, so as an organizing committee, we have put in um, technology, it's a nanobubbler technology, we're doing some bioremediation, which we're, which, look, it's not going to, it's not a cure-all, but it uh, definitely can mitigate against um, some challenges or, you know, if we have some issues with water quality. And really what we're seeing, um, it is having an effect. So if we look at our, our um, water quality measures and we are, we are tracking this very closely and we're working very closely with World Rowing because obviously for them, water quality is a concern as well and they have their, their parameters. So we're tracking it closely um, and it's looking, it's looking good. We obviously are, we are nervous. We are vigilant about, you know, if, if something had to happen um, at that wastewater treatment plant, we would, we, we would or could be in trouble. Um, but we're putting in place various mitigations on top of what we've already done to make sure we can control this as best as we can. No, one thing you've mentioned over and over again is that you've got complete government and regional government buy-in because that is the beginning and the end of an event like this. Once you've got that support, um, you just, it just makes so many of the challenges that one would have almost go away. And they are now, you know, you partners with sorting them out rather than going head to head with them on, on these challenges. Um, Colleen, just before the break, uh, just my own sort of maybe cynical question. We all know the challenges that South Africa has. What have, what's been the questions that you've had from participants coming in? What have they been, what have their main concerns been? Now, I mean, I'm talking about things like safety and security, cell phone reception, um, ability to get around. Have these been concerns? Um, we have had, we have had a few questions about safety and security. I have to say not as many as I would have thought. Um, you know, I, I do also think though, the people who want to come and travel are probably more, they're traveling. They want to come and experience a country. So they've asked and they've, um, we as an organizing committee are trying to provide almost a bubble to bubble service so that we take care of that. We've, we've scoped a very strong security plan for the venue. We are offering transfers from the airport directly to hotels in the venue. So we're trying to sort of give people that sort of confidence, um, that, that they will be well looked after. No one's asked about cell phone reception, <clears throat> funnily enough. They did ask about cholera. Obviously, that cholera outbreak was a bit of a concern. We've had one comment about our stance on Russia. Um, so we have these various questions coming through. But I would actually say the biggest concern for people, and, and this is perhaps what limits the participation, is the, the distance. People just say it's so far to go, you know, and... Um, there's not too much we can do about that, really. Um, we, we, what we've been promoting is that, you know, yes, it's, it's, it's an overnight flight, but if you're coming from Europe, there's no time change. You, you fly overnight and you're here. And once you get here, the value for money, the bang for your buck is just so brilliant. Um, that it's absolutely an amazing destination to come because at the end of the day, this is sport tourism, right? When you're competing yes. in a master's regatta, um, this is a bucket list destination for people. And so there were so many people the minute they heard it's going to be in South Africa, they're like, finally, this is our chance to, uh, this is our excuse to get to South Africa for okay. a holiday. Good. Colleen, I want to continue discussing the subject because ultimately it's phenomenal for the country and it's also in, sort of takes the blinkers off so many sports people around the world. But let's take a quick ad break. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. We are speaking to Colleen Osmond and we're talking about 
the 2023 World Rowing Masters Regatta. Um, Colleen, something that you pick up a lot, for example, here in Israel, is that Africa is very, very far. So Africa is almost at the end of the world. And people are so used to flying like we would fly to Durban or Cape Town to get to a sports event. So you'll go do an Ironman in Europe and you'll fly in the evening before. And, you know, people are very used to it. And Americans are very used to flying around their either their uh, province or their, their state rather, or just close by. And there are so many events. But our experience here has been that so many of our friends have now come to South Africa since we've come into this community. And they have all come back with the most raving, raving reviews. They they almost are oblivious to the fact that the challenges that us as South Africans would notice are staring you in the face with poor road quality at places, unfinished project in places. They go to the wildlife, they go down to Cape Town, and they just have the most amazing time. And the overall comment is that the people are unique. There's something special about South Africans. When you pull into a filling station, into a garage, and somebody greets you with a smile, doesn't happen too many places in the world. And again, it's opportunity for someone to tip a garage attendant in with with a healthy amount of money where it's really, you know, modest money in dollars or in euros. So it's so good for the economy all around. Um, but c- coming back to that, I'm sure that you're going to find that once people come and once they row there and they meet the clubs there, relationships are going to be built. Our clubs will go there. Their clubs will come here. Are you hoping to build that type of interwoven relationship going forward? Definitely. Um, and, you know, this event, I've been to a couple of them. They are they are like that. It's, you know, you make friends across borders. You make friends from other countries and you see them year after year if you keep going to the regatta, you know. So I think that is really important. And um, one of the things we have actually tried to facilitate uh, is we've, on our website, you know, we've got a list of all the rowing clubs in South Africa because we want people to stay or either come early or stay after the event and go and row somewhere else because rowers are crazy. They will, they will, they just want to row wherever they can. And, you know, we are offering people, they can go down to Cape Town and row on a coastal rowing boat um, out of the Simonstown Harbour. I mean, it's what an amazing experience, you know. So there are loads of opportunities for, for people to, I mean, not only meet and make friends during the regatta, but afterwards they can make those connections with rowing clubs um, throughout the country. Well, we have a unique scenario in South Africa. We have what we call in, the, in, in economics the Gini coefficient, the difference between the haves and the have-nots. Rowing by its nature is a sport for people who have a little bit of disposable income. You need to have time, you need to have transport, and you need to have the equipment. But you seem to be having quite a large contingent coming from Soweto. It's a part of the country we know is historically impoverished. And there's also a part of the country that's not on a water body. What is your aim there? And just talk us through that whole process. Well, the Soweto Rain Club has existed for quite a while. I can't tell you when, but, you know, they've been around for a long time. Um, initially rowing out of Wemapan, getting a lot of support from, from the clubs there. But now they also, they have a base at Orlando Park at the power station, that dam. So, which is small. It's not ideal for rowing, but they're doing it. Um, traditionally, they're more active with the youth, so they have a much stronger, you know, school rowing program. But we, I mean, it's just amazing for us, and we we had really wanted to make sure that we could get a, a master's crew rowing. And I mean, 
masters rowing anywhere uh, is it's difficult. As you said, it's you know you've generally got to travel a long way, especially here, to find water, to find a piece of water to row on. And um, there's quite a lot of admin around it because it's just it's not like running where you just put on your shoes and run out your front door, you know. Um, so masters rowing, what we find is it's a challenge to keep people in the sport especially sort of in the age group 32 to 45, 50, when people have young families, they're working on their careers. Um, and so, yeah, I think for, for the Soweto Club, it was, it was also a challenge for them to, to recruit and to find and, and keep a, a sort of a cohort of masters rowers going. But I mean, they've got eight rowers coming, participating in this event. It's, it's fantastic. Um, Jacob, their coach has been rowing forever. Um, I think when I started rowing, he was rowing. Um, so it's just, it's an amazing story and we, we can't wait to see them competing. And Colleen, before I let you go, you let the cat out the bag a few minutes ago before we started the interview. You've got a couple of rowers coming from Israel. So this is Chai mm-hmm. FM. Tell me yeah. about these guys or these ladies and a little bit about them if you know anything. I can't tell you too much. I mean, other than we have 11 entries, which is a pretty good number. Um okay. Yeah, we will definitely keep track of them and we can, um, I mean, maybe you can do a follow-up story and, and we can track them down during the event. I think that would be great if you could make contact with them. I would love to, if you could maybe facilitate that um, with their sure. permission. Um, and not only can we um, be in touch with them, but I'm sure the South African Jewish community would love to be in touch with them and host them. Um, and really be a part of it. Um, I know when my kids were rowing at um, Emerentia Dam, um, they did it privately, not through school, but it's just the home ground for St. David's. And mm-hmm. um, I once called the principal on a Monday morning after I'd been there with their boys on a Sunday afternoon just to compliment him on the just incredible sportsmanship, the gentleman behavior of, of his young boys. And it was just a very warming experience. And, um, you know, I think that's what rowing does. It, it's just got something so nice about it, so unique about it. Um, and it does have something about it that could maybe be seen as a bit snobby, but you've got to get there. You've got to get into it. And, um, as you said, it's not running, but it definitely gives you the ability to mix and meet and to travel. Um, Colleen, we've got one minute left. Just please remind us when it is and where it is. So it's uh, 21st of September through to the 24th. Um, on the 21st, we have our opening ceremony as well. It's at Rodeplot Dam, so just north of Pretoria. Um, I would really encourage everyone to come out, have a look. Um, we've we've not. It's not only about rowing. We've got a really good entertainment program planned. Um, we've got food trucks. It's the idea is it's going to be a great day out and. Um, would really encourage people to come through, have a look, enjoy, relax. It's a beautiful place. Uh, Rudeplot Dam, we're in the nature reserve. So, I mean, it's it's just got everything. And from Joburg, I can tell you from experience, it's if the traffic's open, it's not more than 35, 40 minutes. It's really accessible. Yeah. No, Colleen, if you would please be in touch with Annie and just get me the details of, of that team coming from Israel, we'd love to help you with that. That'll be great. Thanks very much, Abby. Great. Colleen, thank you. And all the best. Just go out there and have fun. And thank you for putting South Africa sport on the world, on the world stage. Thanks very much. Great. Thank you. That was Colleen Osmond. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a wonderful event. We're going to take a quick break and then we will come back with our next interview.